Threat and Error Management has been with us for a while now, with airmanship being replaced by a more rigorous set of guidelines in order to help mitigate risk whilst flying. In this episode, I'm focusing on threats and defensive flying for pilots. All that and more coming right up. So strap in and let's get into it. G'day everyone and welcome to episode 78 of the Flight Training Australia podcast. The podcast all about flight training and flying in Australia and beyond. I'm your host Trent Robinson, thank you for joining me. Hope you've had a fantastic weekend, a fantastic week. I certainly did. It was an absolute pleasure to uh, be invited by the team at Paspali Aviation to go for a ride in the Mallard the other day. We went out to the stunning Kimberley Coast, out to Curie Bay, one of the pearl farms that uh, Paspali Pearls operate. And what a stunning location. And to just land on the water is just something else. Um, you've seen me fly the Buccaneer. I'm getting around to finishing that very, very soon, so keep an eye out for that. And um, just yeah, having water go past your window when it's meant to, there's nothing like it. Um, just an amazing spot and a beautiful, beautiful part of the world. So thanks to Dan and Steve and the team for uh, making that happen and looking forward to going again soon. All right. Defensive flying for pilots. Who's done a defensive driving course? Teaching you ways to recognise hazardous road conditions and skills so that you know you can handle your vehicle in a way that hopefully you'll never have to use. And this is the easiest way to understand threat and error management, or TEM, because hey, we like abbreviations in aviation. So TEM is not a new word for airmanship, remember. Airmanship is kind of the, the, the courteous pilot, the rules of the road sort of stuff. But airmanship has a place, but so does threat and error management, and it builds on top of all of that. TEM doesn't teach you how to technically fly an aeroplane. Instead, it's promoting proactive philosophy and gives the pilot an element of hindsight, regardless of the experience level, to maximize safety margins, regardless of the complexity of the flying environment. A lot of big words. But... It's there because TAM exists because threats, errors, and undesired aircraft states face us every day. They're everyday events which we must manage to maintain safety. So it's applicable to everyone, regardless of knowledge or experience. It's just that normally an experienced pilot will recognize these conditions and apply their defensive strategies automatically. Frank Borman, a NASA astronaut, said a superior pilot uses their superior judgment to avoid situations which require the use of their superior skill. And this is exactly the concept that I talked about with Jeremy and Shane at UPRT in Archerfield in their episode, all about defensive flying and startle and surprise. So if you haven't had to listen to that one, episode 67, really good listen. So let's focus on threats. CASA defines a threat as a situation or event that has the potential to have a negative effect on the flight safety or any influence that it promotes an opportunity for pilot error or errors. So our scenario is a low-experienced pilot flying in experienced pilot conditions. 
And I think that applies to a lot of you listeners. It can sometimes apply to me. And this is the thing. When we're talking about experience, what do we really mean? Are we talking about banks of hours in the logbook or are we talking about a continual different exposure to a wide range of aircraft types, airspace, and environmental conditions? So threats are generally external, such as bad weather, or internal, such as physiological and psychological state, and therefore can occur outside the influence of the flight crew. So what are some external threats? I'm sure you've thought about some, but they could be very much hinged on what's applicable to your local area of flying. Weather is obviously a big one, not just seasonal, but also terrain, landscape, how it affects the weather, how it behaves. You will grow up in that area, hopefully over a couple of seasons, and you'll see the differences and you'll start to understand how it acts and behaves. If you're a visiting pilot to that region, obviously you will lack some of this knowledge. So tapping into local operators and finding out or asking people that have been in that area is always a good thing to do. Aircraft type, the currency, when did you last fly it? How old is it? Has there been recent maintenance? We all like to think that maintenance fixes things, but we all have all seen at times, sometimes it creates problems. Something's not been tightened up properly. Something's been left behind. Airport, is it familiar to you? Unfamiliar. Is it well designed? Is there good signage? How's the layout? Positioning of taxiways, visibility of runway thresholds, so you can see departing aircraft or taxiing aircraft even. Air traffic control, again, is it familiar or unfamiliar? Sometimes it might be available, but there's times now with closures due to staff shortages, towers unopen all the time. Terrain, obstacles, traffic, when are the peak periods? What about delays due to passengers creating operational limitations or even distractions, stopping the flight crew from doing what they should be focusing on? Fuel availability or the time to refuel? Loading of cargo, managing that cargo, night operations, all things that can affect the flight and pose potential risks. Internal risks, fatigue, trying to manage that fatigue is a real big thing. Your inexperience is another. Paired that with isolation, far more hazardous. I've talked about that with pilots up here in the top end. Trying to deal with issues and manage threats by themselves is much more hazardous than having a team of experienced pilots, senior base or chief pilot around to consult and help you. So having the courage to pick up the phone and seek some guidance and help is critical to managing that threat. Over and under confidence. We all know that when you've passed your commercial license, you feel like you're invincible, but then you soon realize you don't know anything. Working up towards that five to 800 hour mark, it happens again. And so we can be left vulnerable. Thinking we can handle things and deal with things, either in the face of our colleagues, our passengers, or just our family and friends. Currency and competency, again, another that just can't be underestimated. 
How have you managed that competency and currency? What are you really doing to be current, to be competent? I mention this all the time with the IPCs. People submitting IFR flight plans is not IFR current. You're not doing all the procedures, the manoeuvres, the thought processes that are involved with IFR flight. And the same thing can happen with VFR. If you just go flying around your local area, no real need to flight plan and plan the trip because you're familiar with it, and then you decide to actually go somewhere else. You've got to remember that you need to go back to basics and really look about how you're going to go flying, where you're going to go, and what the weather is in these areas. What other threats are there? Well, there's anticipated threats. Weight and balance. Okay, I know that I am at max weight. So the aeroplane's going to behave differently. Predicted wildlife. I always find this one interesting when wildlife is no-tammed as highly active. Most times... It's probably the case anyway. This almost fits into unanticipated as well. All right, but we can mitigate wildlife by using ground crew to help scatter or uh, report when we're getting closer to the runway. Air traffic control clearances. We know what sort of airspace we're going to be going into. Is it going to be a really complicated clearance? Is it going to be long? Is there going to be a big readback? Weather, again, it is a threat, but it can be an anticipated one. It can always be an unanticipated one as well. But for forecast predicted weather that is there, and again, you can usually look at a radar and see that, yep, I can see that weather that's in the area and deal with it accordingly. So there's no reason to get caught and trapped from anticipated weather conditions. What about unanticipated threats? Aircraft malfunctions. This is why we train. But when did you last train? How are you keeping yourself up to speed? Drones, laser strikes. If you've ever been flying at night and had a laser hit you, it's quite dazzling. The little dot that you see on your wall in your room, it does actually spread out. It gets bigger. And high wing are much more susceptible. Hits the wing, lights up the whole cockpit. What about automation? Anomalies and over-reliance. And I see this as a big one. Pilots jumping into an aeroplane with an autopilot. I get the excitement, guys. I really do. But how do you use it? If not engaged correctly, it can lead to disaster or a momentary upset aircraft that's out of control. Over-reliance. I've mentioned this several times. People relying on movie map displays, their little aeroplane on their EFB, on their iPad. Without that, they don't know where they are. What happens if that screen goes blank? You pull out another one. What happens if that goes blank? All right, we could go on all day. The point is, even if it doesn't go blank, it is leading to a level of situation awareness breakdown. This is a threat. What about passenger issues? A sick passenger, an unruly passenger. All these things can create a distraction to you operating an aircraft. And finally, latent threats. Latent threats are what we call hidden threats. 
This could come from the organisational structure. Now, whether you're a private pilot or a commercial pilot, how does the aircraft get managed? How is the aircraft given to you? What is expected of you as a pilot? If there's internal pressures, right now there's a, a lack of pilots. Everyone's operating at 50 to 70% capacity potentially. This places stress and um, a lot of a lot of time demands and fatigue demands on aircrew. That is a threat. You're starting to get over it. You're starting to skip steps, cut corners, trying to save time, get home early, get home on time. Psychological pressures for getting the job done, for making sure that you fly this aeroplane and the weather's, you know, you'll be fine. These things can all lead to trouble. Incorrect documentation. That can be not just certification of the aircraft, but more leading to poorly done weight and balance, missing figures, taking off overweight as a result, not having enough runway or calculating the wrong speeds. And, of course, the overall currency and competency of the aircraft, the company documentation, the pilot, the maintenance. Heaps of threats to be mindful of and ones that you need to really sit down and absorb and keep an eye on what is around you and in the operation that you're in. All right, so I hope that's helped you um, have a think about some things to consider there. There's a lot to think about. Moving on in a future episode, we're going to go and look at errors and error management and obviously dealing with undesired aircraft states. And then later on after that, we're going to have a good look for instructors and also for check and training pilots in uh, charter operations, teaching and assessing threat area management, which all falls under our non-technical skills. As always, there are some CASA documents there. There's the safety management system resource booklets, safety uh, behaviors, human factors for pilots, and also, as I said, that AC or advisory circular on teaching and assessing non-technical skills. I'll put the links for all those in the relevant episodes as I release them. All right, so that's it for this week's episode. Thank you for listening again. I'm loving the feedback. I've had some fantastic reviews on Apple Podcasts. Thank you for those. Jump on Patreon if you'd like to support the podcast. It's all fully tax deductible. You can find me on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. All the links are in the episode description, including TikTok. And uh, I look forward to your company next week. All right, until then, blue skies, and remember the golden rule, aviate, navigate, communicate. Cheers, everyone.